0: Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where
1: BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McLean.
2: What's up, Cougar Nation? Lauren McLean here with Cleon Wall, and we're doing what we do best talking all things BYU Cougars. Here's what we got coming on the show today the weather is heating up, and so is spring football. We're now a couple weeks in, and we'll talk about who to look out for and why. Plus, UNLV transfer running back Aiden Robbins joins us to talk about spring ball, his on-the-field nickname, and why he chose BYU to finish off his collegiate career. But first, in honor of St. Patrick's Day, we're going to discuss our top five luckiest and top five unluckiest moments in BYU history. There have been many. Cleon, what would you say was the luckiest moment in your vast sports career?
1: Th- this was this was hard for me because I I... I would probably say either I usually play good or I usually play really, really bad. (laughs) So I couldn't think of a luckiest thing. The closest thing I came up with was, this was quite a few years ago, 20 plus years ago. I played at Fox Hollow Golf Course in American Fork back then it was known as tri-cities um i was playing with a college golfer i don't remember her name but she she was playing with me and through seven holes i was like at even par or like (laughs) one over and i'm like i've never played this well (laughs) in my life and you have to understand i'm a self-taught golfer and you know a couple of uncles have kind of helped me out along the way but i'm self-taught so i'm like what is going on right now i i I just couldn't figure out why I was playing so well. So I guess I'd say that's lucky. But then my luck ran out. Like the last two holes, I think I had a double bogey and a triple bogey. So everything, everything <laughs> it went out do, the window. Yeah, again. it was just bad after that. So <laughs> as eh, it hello. goes with
2: golf, yeah. golf is is truly like the luckiest <laughs> or unluckiest sport you can play. Like it's it it can change on a dime. It's just absolutely crazy. I would say for me, my luckiest moment is. So I played. Uh, tennis at snow college and i was okay like i played in high school i was okay played at snow college which is a junior college and then uh, i was going to suu and the the tennis coach asked if i wanted to walk on the team and i'm like okay <laughs> not that great but i i would love to and for some reason so i played a year not good by the way and for some reason he liked me and he offered me a scholarship lucky at the end of the year i think because he just liked having me around I don't I don't know why I ended up turning it down because I went on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but I would say that was the luckiest sports moment ever cuz I'm like I am not that good and you're offering me a division 1 college scholarship to play tennis. Anyway, Clearly, clearly (laughs) they must have not had that much talent on the SU team that year.
1: Oh, I'm sure you were good enough.
2: Uh, I'm trying to build you up right now. Uh, Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But but you're wrong. Uh, On that note, let's talk about the top five luckiest moments in BYU history. Cleon, take number one.
1: Uh, Let's see. Top five luckiest moments. Uh, Number one, Kyle Morrell's front flip tackle, 1984 versus Hawaii. On the goal line, of course, this is their national championship year. Uh, I was not an old—I I mean, I was old enough to see this. I don't remember seeing it live. I've seen many, many, many replays. It, do you consider this lucky or not? I mean, it, it was very fortunate for BYU. What do you think?
2: It, it was lucky's hard, right? Like lucky, uh, define what lucky is, but because I, I think definitely there was a lot of skill that went into that. Don't you think?
1: I, I, I would probably say good skill, good timing on Kyle's part. He timed that thing perfectly to get the perfect tackle. And that doesn't happen a lot. I i guess I don't consider it lucky, but we could we could still yeah, kind of throw it's it in there. It's still up
2: there. It's still up there. Number two, because we think all Hail Marys are lucky, because they truly are the Miracle Bowl with Jimmy Mack. That was just incredible. I I, I honestly think whenever a Hail Mary works out, it's like you are so lucky
1: because it rarely <laughs> does. See, I'm not sure I consider this lucky. Maybe, maybe leading up to that point There was some luck involved because BYU was down by 20. But I I guess I would think that they practiced that many, many times. They executed it to perfection. And maybe I could say SMU didn't quite do it. But I mean, yes, there is luck involved there. Yes, everything that came up with BYU scoring that touchdown, yes, luck involved. I, I just say not as lucky as maybe some would say.
2: Another Hail Mary and another two, I should say. Mango Miracle, part one and two. First one to Mitch Matthews in Nebraska, and then the second one to Mitch Juergens against Boise State in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Extremely lucky, not only to do it once, but twice in a row, Cleon.
1: I would probably say that's the lucky part, that you have that yeah. two times in one season, that it comes down to that with a freshman quarterback throwing it <laughs> to two different receivers. I I don't know. I it, Just the play itself... Again, I think they practiced this thing. You know, the likelihood of them accomplishing it is probably very low, but at least they practiced it. Maybe it was lucky that Nebraska and Boise State played some bad defense on those those plays, (laughs) or maybe that they weren't expecting those plays to come. I I don't know. I'd still say not as lucky. There is some luck involved there, but maybe not as lucky.
2: A Tander Mangum freshman quarterback who just got off his mission and wasn't even like in the best football shape you could be in. And True. then here he comes in, and it's like, man, this this guy's got the spirit with himself <laughs> fresh <laughs> off his mission. All right, another one is 2011 football use, uh, versus Utah State, the game-winning touchdown. Uh, so it's with Riley Nelson, game-winning touchdown deflected but fell right into the hands of Marcus Matthews. Those Matthews brothers, man, they, they got some luck on their side. Definitely, definitely a lucky moment. I,
1: I would say this is the luckiest moment right here. I know we've got at least one more but I would say, still say this is the luckiest moment. The reason why, it was fortunate that Matthews was right behind J.J. DeLuigi and caught this ball. The USU defender made a great play on the ball. It was bad luck for USU because he tips the ball... And it ends up going behind him. And Mitch, I'm sorry, Marcus Matthews is standing right there. And it's like, well, what do I do with this? I just catch it. I mean, it's fluttering right to him. That uh, that's why I think this is the luckiest play in BYU sports history.
2: It was good to have a little bit of good luck against Utah State because definitely in BYU's history there have been a lot of bad luck against the Aggies. Let's go to number five: BYU versus UTEP, 1992 WAC Championship Men's Basketball. Kevin Nixon's half court buzzer beater for the win and automatic bid. to to the NCAA tournament. To Bows to Nixon. Fires
0: one up at midcourt. <laughs> he threw it right in the goal, and I think he just felt like wanted well, to throw it up and hope that something good happens, and he throws it right in the goal. A great play by Nixon, who has excellent range, but not that much range.
1: What do you remember about that? Oh, I don't. I don't remember much about it because I was actually as you talked about i was serving a mission for the church mm. of jesus christ of latter day saints at that time but i came back and watched the highlights this one i would say is as close to being lucky as possible because i doubt that i doubt that kevin nixon practiced this shot a lot go go watch <laughs> go watch the video cuz i doubt he practiced this shot a lot it even looked awkward when he <laughs> when he threw that thing up but he was a good shooter it took a bit of skill I I'll say it's lucky, but I mean there was a tiny bit of skill in there. Well,
2: there's always oh. when it comes to sports, there's always some skill yes, involved. Yes. They're 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 fantastic okay. athletes, but but you gotta
1: have a little luck on okay. your side. Sometime. I will say luck, even though it looked a little I, mainly because again, go watch that shot. It looks <laughs> how awkward it looks. looks. A little awkward.
2: Honorable mention: Andrew George uh, cut, t- uh, catches a touchdown catch against Utah in two thousand nine. I remember that I was there. It was it was the weirdest looking thing because when he catches it, then he's just all by himself running into the end zone. Yeah, where
1: the where do the defenders go? The luck was because of the defenders. They kind of ran into each other, and then he's like, "Oh, I just need to run into the end zone now." (laughs) That's where I think the luck comes in there.
2: Agreed. That was a great year for tight ends at BYU. Let's talk about the top five unluckiest moments. Uh, Taysom Hill's four season-ending injuries. Three of them, like I mentioned, against Utah State. Why did Utah State hate Taysom Hill so much, Cleon?
1: (laughs) I'm not sure. You know what? It's funny to think about it. I I still don't think Utah State was trying to put him out. And that's where the unlucky part comes in. They just tackled him, and where they tackled him or how they tackled him, he ends up getting injured. Um, I, I did put a note here. Was it unlucky or just unfortunate? It doesn't matter. It was just unlucky for Taysom Hill to get hurt. Three times. It was
2: unlucky for all of us fans Yes, because we had such high hopes with Taysom Hill, and some of those seasons they were doing so well, ranked in the top 25, and then goodbye Utah State. Once again, I'm pretty sure it was the same linebacker two years uh, in a row as well that hurt mm, him.
1: Conspiracy theories fly.
2: Uh, we won't go into that. Uh, <laughs> number two, Matthew Dela is The Dela Dagger, his game winning half court buzzer beater in the Marriott Center in 2013.
1: Carlino, a bounce to Haas. Haas posting up short corner right to the middle. Fades away. Got
0: yes! it! The Gotta watch the three. Into Dela Vadova. Dela long three. Go! Oh. He got it, and the Gales win it. Oh.
1: Uh that that one still it's painful but I I actually like Matthew Delavadova a lot so I have a lot of <laughs> respect on this one. Um again it it, it kind of goes back to the Kevin Nixon thing. Uh, there there is some skill involved there. I think the unlucky part was that the ball ended up in his hands for the final shot. He wasn't their best shooter, but he was their best overall player. Right. He was the leader on that team and he played that thing perfectly. That, I think, was not only was the shot, I guess you could say, unlucky for BYU fans, but it was unlucky that he got the ball last.
2: And it was cool that his family was actually in the stands. Yes. That was the cool, lucky part for him, let's say. Unlucky for BYU. Uh, Number three, this year's home matchups against Gonzaga and St. Mary's two game-winning last-second shots to beat BYU at home. Oh, my goodness. We were just talking to Kenzie Kerber-Dally about, she's like, for some reason BYU... Just cannot get over the hump. Even when you think there's going to be a great team, you think things are going to go so well, something unlucky happens, and that's what happened this year.
1: Yeah that that was that's it that that was so unlucky that it happens to the two best teams in the conference who are playing in the NCAA tournament, and you were that close to beating them, but just unlucky that they both got you know open shots, and they unlucky for BYU also that they canned them too.
2: Number four, BYU versus Utah football in 2016. This gives me hives even thinking about Cleon. The controversial <laughs> targeting calls on back-to-back plays. Uh, Kainakua was ejected first, and the next play was McChesney got called for targeting. BYU lost 20-19 to after failing a two-point conversion at the end of the game. I just got to tell you this. With Paysom Hill, by the way, I went to the bathroom okay, real quick because I'm like, BYU's going to get the field goal. We're going to go in overtime. Done. My husband's like... Where are you going? We were actually dating at the time. He's like, why are you going to the bathroom right now? I'm like, well, because they're going to kick a field goal. We're going to go in overtime. I'm like, Kalani's not going to go for two. He yells at me, they're going for two. So I sprint (laughs) back out. I'm like, no, they're not. As I watched Taysom Hill get tackled in the backfield, I just could not believe what I was watching. He
1: waltzed into the end zone so easily (sighs) on that touchdown. And then when they went for two, I'm just like, come up with something different to get him open. I think it was unlucky the what happened. I it think w- it was a
2: blown up play. I don't think that's what they called. Yeah. I, if I, I remember right. I think that,
1: yeah, that was the unlucky part there.
2: Okay, well, number 5, BYU versus Utah in 2012. What could have been the luckiest moment turns out to be one of the unluckiest. BYU gets three last-second chances, including two field goals to send it to overtime. The Utes fan rushed the field three times and were called for a penalty after the first field goal was blocked, giving BYU another field goal attempt only to have the ball hit the goalpost and miss.
1: This is the one that I would actually consider the unluckiest moment for BYU because there were so many chances. There was so much luck on their side. They're like, nope, wait, we're going to give you one more chance. Wait, you thought that that was the end? No, no, no. We're going to give you one more chance. To me, I think that's the unlucky part because you got that chance and you're like, yep, this is it. This is where we cash in our luck. And then the... (laughs) field goal goes off the upright think
2: about yeah, that there's, we, there's we, weird things happening in the universe we've
1: talked about two byu utah games where byu was unlucky in both of them and both of them would have ended a streak yeah against utah a nine game losing streak against utah so what's
2: so interesting yeah. is the game that actually ended the streak wasn't anything significant. Like it was a very normal football game. Yeah, there was
1: there was no luck no, involved. No, it
2: was it was BYU was the better team, and they just ended up winning in the end. And there it didn't come down to the the last second like it normally has. It was very insignificant for breeding a a nine year losing streak against Utah. Cleon, let's hope BYU's luck changes from some of last year's games after BYU brought in some new faces on the coaching staff and the roster. Here are some of the guys you should look out for this spring in football. Here are the top three players. Aiden Robbins, who we're going to talk to later in the show, big power running back, similar to Tyler Algier, and I think he's just going to be so great. He's he's dealing with an injury right now, so he has limited reps. He doesn't do any of the team practices, but I think Aiden Robbins – Man, I didn't know he was that big coming in. He's just a big dude. And I think that's definitely what BYU needs when they, they got shut down so much last season on these short yardage situations. I think Aiden Robbins is going to be the perfect guy to get BYU, hopefully not just one yard, but several, which is what Jamal Williams and Tyler Algier, they were so good at doing that. And I think Aiden Robbins is going to be the same.
1: Yeah, he he's going to be fun to watch. I hope he gets healthy and that he can be able to carry the rock. The running backs are going to be Interesting to to watch Keaton Slovis. Um, I you know can he live up to the high expectations that we already give him? I think that's why you pay attention to him. There's no quarterback controversy here. I mean, Aaron Roderick's already come out and said Keaton's our Keaton's our guy. Uh, so there's no controversy there. Eddie Heckard, cornerback, FCS All American at Weaver State. I think Eddie Heckard and the defense. That's what I I I I'm paying yeah. attention to the most. Um, and the defensive coaching staff, you know, how are they going to install the defense going forward? How are they going to deal with the players they have? They're going to switch to a free—I'm sorry. They're going to have a 4-3 defense or a four two five defense. And we here at BYU, at least when you go back to the Bronco-Mendenhall area, it was always a 3-4. And BYU's had some good linebackers yeah. in the day. And now it's kind of like they're a little thin at linebackers. They have good linebackers, yeah. but they're a little thin at the linebacking core. So. It's kind of different, so you kind of want to see, so what is this all going to mean? Yep. I'm not expecting miracles. I'm just I'm more intrigued than anything else.
2: you have Chaz IU coming back, but he gets injured a lot. He's been injured basically throughout his entire career. I think he's finally not injured. I think he's one of the guys that that is playing in spring right now and and hopefully doing well. But yes, there are so many question marks on the defensive side. And for me and you, can you imagine how Jay Hill? Feels. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah. And how many question marks he has. But uh, I think the uh, transfer portal opens up again on May 1st, Cleon And Kalani Satake has saved some of his scholarships uh, for this time. So who, who knows what they're going to bring in. All right. Here are some oldies, but goodies that you should be keeping an eye on this spring. The three big wide receivers that are coming back Keanu Hill, Cody Epps, and Chase Roberts. I think uh, the offense is looking really good. Really deep and wide receiver. I think Fessy Satake has done a great job with those guys, and Keaton uh, Slavis has actually talked about how the wide receivers know the playbook so, so well and has helped – him out during the spring, and he said that's something unique that he hasn't really had another school. So so good on zaki good on these guys, and I think that's a great position coming into
1: the fall. I am interested in the wide receivers group a lot. You know how are they going to mesh with their new quarterback? You know they've been used to Jaron Hall. Are they going to have that big playmaker? Are they going to be able to basically, if you want to say it, survive with Pukan without And You could say, yeah. oh well, you know he was injured and they they really stepped up. I said, yeah, on, on certain games. Yes, they they did step up, but whenever he was in there, he just made the rest of the guys yeah, he did. way more dangerous. I, I guess the guy I'm most intrigued about out of those three is the, the smallest, and that's Cody Epps. I mean, we saw s- some good games and good things from him last year. I hope he can get healthy, and I hope everything works out okay. Some of the other guys, sold Soljay Maave Peters. He won the bowl game as a quarterback. He's now moving to running back. Isaac Rex. Is he going to be fully healthy? Max Tooley, key senior leader on the defense. We talked about the linebackers. He's not participating, but in spring that is. But he'll be participating in the fall. All those guys. I think we're all interested to see what they do in this in in this next season.
2: And and honestly, we probably won't know until the fall comes. Coming up, six foot three, two hundred thirty pound rebel turn cougar running back Aiden Robbins comes on to tell us about going from Louisville to Las Vegas to Provo, Utah, and how he's healing from a wrist injury he battled through all last season. This is Cougar Tailgate. back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McClain alongside Cleon Wall. BYU football spring practices are underway and there are a few new faces that everyone is keeping an eye on. And one of those guys is UNLV transfer running back Aiden Robbins, who rushed for over 1,000 yards while with the Rebels and is hoping to make an immediate impact at BYU's inaugural season in the Big 12. Thanks so much for joining us, Aiden.
0: Appreciate you for having me.
2: So I know you're dealing with a wrist injury, but how have the first couple of weeks of practice gone with the new team so far?
0: Uh, honestly, they've been great. Um, you know, I've been doing everything I can. Um, you know, outside of the facility, I've been working out multiple times a day. Um, partially with Nate Johnson down in Spanish Fort. Uh, um, you know, just, just literally maximizing and taking advantage of every opportunity I have um, since I'm not able to participate in, in um, contact right now.
1: You had wrist surgery in January. How's the rehab been going and what is it that you're doing to to rehab that wrist?
0: yeah um it's been going pretty well actually um it's it's kind of a longer process um I've only been out of my cast for a week so I'm oh, just wow. now getting used to feeling the wind hit my hand <laughs> so um but no <laughs> it's, it's it's been good it's, it's kind of a slower process I'm just trying to get some range of motion and mobility back in my wrist but um you know it takes time and you know it's not something I can just rush you're
2: feeling the very cold wind hit your arm for the first time in a long time. Welcome, yeah. to, Provo. Welcome to Provo, by the way. So th- that's got to <laughs> be a difficult thing during practices because there, there's, I'm sure you're limited in what you can do, and it's a new offense that you're trying to learn. What do you do to try and stay involved during practices?
0: Um, well, every time I'm doing a drill that I can't participate in, such as like a team activity. What I do is, um, you know, I look at our signals. I get to play, and basically, I just take, I just take mental reps. Um, you know, I do my steps, my reads. I go through all of my progressions as if I'm in the practice, you know, in the play, doing it. And um, I just take everything play by play, and I try to maximize every opportunity I have going out of practice. That way, whenever I come back, and I am doing a physical activity with everyone, that uh, I won't be missing a beat.
1: How did you sustain the injury? I mean, you tweeted out that you played with this problem all last season while you were at UNLV, yeah. which means it had to have been pretty painful. But what what happened that you actually sustained this wrist injury?
0: Honestly, I'm not even sure. I'm not even exactly sure the, <laughs> the exact play in which the injury happened. I just remember, you know, because my adrenaline was rushing, I just remember kind of feeling it after the game. We had played Cal um, at Cal. And, um, you know, at the time, I'm thinking it's, oh, it's just a minor injury, sprain wrist or whatever. So, you know, I just braced it up, taped it up, and just kept playing with it. It was painful, but, you know, it was, it's football, man. When you love the game, it's a lot of things you'll do to play. And <laughs> so I had a lot of thinking um, after, you know, BYU had told me that I had this injury. Um, I had a lot of thinking on if I was going to get the surgery or not. And, you know, I was just thinking about my future and what's best for my personal interests, and I decided to go ahead and go forward with it.
2: Mm. And are you glad you made that decision?
0: I am. I am. I don't regret, I don't regret anything.
2: I'm, I'm sure it's so hard. Well, well I want to ask you this, actually. Is it hard that you can't participate in spring practices? Are you secretly kind of glad that you don't have to go through some of the punishment that you see your teammates going through?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it... it I'm not going to lie. I mean, it hurts, you know, especially coming on a new team and uh, seeing all your brothers out there. You, It, it kind of kills me to not be out there with them, you know, playing ball and doing, doing what I love. But, you know, on the bright side of things allows me to um, kind of increase my mental knowledge, my football IQ, you know, learn the playbook, take mental reps and, um, you know, gel with my teammates a little bit. So, I mean, it has its pros and its cons.
1: What, what do you like about, Aaron Roderick's offense so far what from 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 the few weeks or the week and a half that you've been doing this what do you like about what you've seen from this offense so far
0: yeah definitely um I kind of like how he allows the running back to to be used in all facets of the game so um you know blocking passing and um obviously running in between the tackles running outside the tackles um inside zone you know going out uh lined out up out wide and um you know, just being able to showcase all of my skills and, and really transform me into an all around back.
2: You are 6'3, 230 pounds. That's a really big running back. And you had a lot of success uh, so far in your collegiate career. What do you feel like when you look at this offense that you're going to bring uh, according to some of the strengths that you have?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> Like I was saying, I mean, so I feel like some of my strengths are definitely. You know, making one cut, getting downhill, and our offense in the run game uh, really prides ourselves on making one cut, getting downhill, um, not so much making multiple cuts, and, um, you know, also being able to improve improve myself and other facets of the game, uh, pass blocking. Um, you know, we have a lot of different blocking schemes that I've learned, and um, also being able to catch out of backfield, that's something um, that I feel like I'll be able to brains the table as well.
1: Do you like to punish players who try to tackle you?
0: <laughs> of course.
1: <laughs> what 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 how how do you do that? What is is it just lowering the shoulder down? Is it a stiff arm? What what is it that you like to do to punish those guys?
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Man, you're either the hammer or the nail. So, um, <laughs> I mean, in that <laughs> And that given moment, is whatever my mind tells me to do. Whatever whatever it takes to get in the end zone.
2: BYU has produced some big power-style running backs, kind of like you, like Jamal Williams, Tyler Algier, and you're in the NFL right now doing very well. How much of an impact did those guys and their success have on you coming to BYU?
0: Uh, actually, it did a lot. Um, seeing, seeing other running backs have success in this offense – and in this program definitely um, intrigued me and, you know, made me want to come be a part of that as well. How, how
1: did BYU moving to the Big 12 impact the decision to transfer from UNLV and eventually come up here and play in Provo?
0: Um, it, it definitely had an impact. Um, <clears throat> I would say just, you know, playing against better competition, um, playing against a lot of future NFL players. Not saying that there was a lack of that in the Mountain West, because there was, there was, you know, there was a lot of guys in the Mountain West. But um, just playing, playing against the best of the best every week. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? You know, just being a competitive player. Um, I feel like I get the best out of myself by playing against the best.
2: You are from Kentucky, you played at Louisville, and you are obviously in Las Vegas as well, and then you come to Provo, Utah. What's the ultimate reason you ended up choosing BYU for your final two years uh, of your collegiate career?
0: Just the family, man. Um, I, I remember the feeling I had here when I came in, in December of 2018 on official visit, and, you know, that feeling is something I've, that's always kind of stuck with me, and I've been keeping up with BYU all throughout my collegiate career, uh, um, you know, whenever Harvey gave me that call, um, you know, something just hit home right there. And I was and I came back and I still had that feeling and the relationship that I have with all the coaches, um, you know, the maturity of the team, the success of running backs that they have here, you know, um, and not to mention the networking, aside from football, um, just the networking and all the great people that I've met just in my short time here alone. Um, definitely all have served as a reason why I came to BYU.
1: So you're originally from Louisville, Kentucky. You played in Las, sure. Vegas, Las Vegas. You're now here in Provo, Utah. What's one thing from either Louisville or Las Vegas that you wish you had here in Provo, Utah? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, well, from Vegas, I would say the weather. <laughs> and from Louisville, I would say you know, some of my friends and family.
2: <laughs> well, tell them to get down here.
0: <laughs> yeah, for Tell sure. them to come
2: to Prevo. You're also pursuing your Master's of Business here at BOU. How are classes going so far?
0: Yeah, cl- classes are good. Um, I'm, I'm currently an applicant in that, and um, so I'm just waiting to hear back. But, um, mm. you know, classes have been good. Uh, this is the second Master's program that I'm about to go into. Uh, I was in the Master of Arts of Urban Leadership at UNLV. I wanted to pursue the NBA program, but I got to UNLV in June of 2022 and it was too late to get in there because I got there so late. So, um, you know, I'm really privileged to have the opportunity to get into the Marriott School of Business, which is really a prestigious school um, here at BYU and just the opportunity to network. I uh, was at a dinner last night, actually held by Built for Life um, at the Cougar Room at LES. And, you know, I met tons of tons of great people, man. And, I've just been taking advantage of every opportunity given to me um, just off the field to, to network and meet great people.
1: So you're networking. You, you're you getting a master's of business. What what are you hoping to do with that master's? What kind of business do you want to get into after your playing career is done?
0: So, you know, I'm one of those guys that has an idea what they want to do, but, you know, I, I honestly uh, also not going to shy away from whatever the good Lord won- has in store for me and wants, wants me to do. But um, ultimately, my dream job is to work for the NFLPA, kind of give back to the game. That's gave a lot to me. um, You know, take care of the player, advocate for players' rights, health care, you know, contract negotiations, things things like that. So, um, yeah, just really giving back to the game. That's gave to me. I really am interested in staying around the game, just at a corporate level, though.
2: Absolutely. I love that so much. And – I'm sure you've noticed by now, Aiden, that BYU fans are very, very passionate. They're a very passionate fan base. They're going to love you. They already love you. Do you have a nickname that you want the fans to call you, or, or are you just like, it's it's Aiden Roberts? Or do you have a nickname?
0: <laughs> I do. Um, <laughs> uh, everyone's been calling me A-Train since about mid- – I started <laughs> playing running back in middle school, and that's what they started calling me, and it's just stuck. That's what everyone's been calling me uh, pretty much all my career since then.
1: Okay, so if that's the case, I've got a business-type nickname that you should use, and I'm going to try it out on you, okay? I think that we should call you the entrepreneur because you're always thinking up new ways of getting into the end zone
0: okay okay hey, that's I, I, I'll, think, I'll think about that I'll keep that in my okay i can already tell aiden that you
1: don't like it so you know what let's scrap it it was not that good anyway
2: aiden's hey, a no, great I, he's a great
1: politician
2: <laughs> he's like yeah. let me think about it i'll get back to you yeah which which definitely is no which he will
1: anyone. not lauren All right,
2: let's let's get to know uh your teammates a little bit we're gonna have you describe one sentence about some of the other guys who also play running back How would you describe uh, describe Hinkley Ropati?
0: Just a great guy, honestly, man. One of the most genuine people I've ever met in my life. Um, Hard worker. Um, That's the guy that, you know, I always get extra work in with. And a competitor, man. So, um, you know, he's he's a great dude, man. He's a student of the game.
2: Hey, how about Miles Davis?
0: Same. Great, great dude. uh, Competitor. World-class athlete, speedster, uh, student of the game.
2: And the last one we got is, what would you say about Soljay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> funny guy. Soljay is hilarious. <laughs> I love Soljay, man. J Sol-J is funny. Um, great person. Great person. Um, crazy athlete. He can literally play any skill position on the field. And, um, you know, like I said before, I mean, above all, he's, he's a great dude, man.
2: We're here with BYU running back Aiden Robbins. Aiden, you have been fantastic. Such a great interview. We're so excited to see what you can do on and off the field. Thank you so much for taking the time with us today.
0: For appreciate y'all for having me.
2: And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Aiden Robbins for coming on the show with us. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.